When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in once again to Gamecock Central Radio. It's Emerson Phillips joined by our columnist Scott Davis for a look at Scott's column that's up this week on GamecockCentral.com. Survive and advance is the headline. Scott, another action-packed column this week, man. The cardiac Cox kept you awake again this weekend, didn't they, Scotty? Emerson Phillips, another Saturday, another heart attack with the Gamecocks. Um, <laughs> just when you think you're going to have maybe an easy game, the Gamecocks take an 11-point lead into the second half and have the ball to start the half and you're thinking all right things are going to happen put a touchdown on the board here and you're feeling pretty good about your chances of winning the football game and then things begin to sag uh, for the Gamecocks a little bit offensively Mandy moves the ball and all of a sudden you're in the fourth quarter you still have a two touchdown lead with about seven minutes to go so at that point things are looking extremely good before you know it Mandy has the football with a chance to tie in the final minute to two minutes and so once again South Carolina depending on its defense to try to ward off someone as they march toward the end zone with a chance to either tie or win third time that's happened this year I just don't know if I can take any more of this stuff (laughs) all right so the Gamecocks had an 11 point lead at halftime had the ball to start the second half and uh, there Vandy was at the end of the ball game with a chance to go down the field and tie but the Gamecock defense held again as they have done in several critical situations late in ball games this year. And the Gamecocks are now 6-2. and two. So, Scott, it's not the cardiac cocks, it's the Pepto-Bismol cocks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm nauseous. Uh, my stomach's upset. My heart's pounding. <laughs> Just about everything you would need Pepto-Bismol for, this team provides. And so that's why I called them the Pepto-Bismol cocks in this week's column. So, it has been a true roller coaster in every definition of the word for South Carolina this year. Even the two losses, Kentucky and Texas A&M, were games that South Carolina had opportunities to win and uh, let slip away. So really, almost every game this season, other than the Arkansas game and the just even the Missouri game, Missouri runs out to a ten nothing lead. The the final score wasn't uh, that particularly close but there were tense moments in that game so the Arkansas game really the only breather that South Carolina's had in 2017 and that game is looking more and more shocking by the second it's it's hard to imagine that the Gamecocks just blew the doors off an SEC opponent as they did in that game and so I think if South Carolina wins any more games this year we can probably count on them being excruciating at least for part of the time. 6-2 6-2 and two now for the Gamecocks, Scott. And I texted uh, Wes Mitchell during the second half of the game on Saturday, and I said, I love this team, dude. <laughs> and, you know, with, without Debo Samuel and without Bryson Allen Williams, I, I just don't think a lot of folks would have thought the Gamecocks would get to 6-2. and two. So it's been a good run to this point. No doubt. I, even with those two guys, I think many, many people wouldn't 
have picked South Carolina to go to a bowl for the second consecutive year under Will Muschamp. There just wasn't a lot of confidence in this football team. The SEC Network, as I've mentioned many times this year, picked South Carolina to go 4-8. and eight. A lot of other pundits picked something similar. And so for the Gamecocks to have six wins after only playing eight games with a third of the season left to go, that's a really, really nice step forward for the Muschamp staff in South Carolina. They have a couple more winnable games on the schedule. You still have Wofford, a team whose option attack always gives South Carolina fits, but the bottom line is that's a game you've got to win if you're South Carolina and you're an SEC team. Then you've got Florida at home and unfortunately just announced at noon, so that's uh, not the time slot you want probably if you're a Gamecock fan, but nonetheless, it's at home. It's a Florida team that is struggling that has just fired its head coach, Jim McElwain, in an extremely surprising move. And so that's another game that looms as being exceedingly winnable. You know, So you're looking at a possibility of seven, eight wins. Georgia, Clemson, you know, who knows what's going to happen with those. But if you can get to seven or eight wins this year in year two of the Will Muschamp regime, that's just a very positive step forward for the program. No doubt about it. All right, Scott, let's get to the teeth of your column this week. Survive in Advance is the headline of Scott's column that's up on Gamecock Central right now. We invite you to check it out. Nine Debo Samuel large pepperoni pizza game balls this week, Scott. Well, the Gamecocks, you know, Vandy has struggled defending the run the last couple of weeks, and I think South Carolina clearly wanted to establish the running game, and um, unfortunately for them, that's not something they've had a whole lot of success doing this year, but they did on Saturday. A.J. Turner gets the game ball. He ran for over 120 yards and, and did so with a running style that was very refreshing to see. He was attacking the holes, you know, running directly for daylight whenever he had an opportunity. There was no dancing on the part of A.J. Turner. And uh, But he also showed the ability to break it outside, use his speed on the edge, and turn the corner. He, he just ran with some real authority um, on Saturday, as did Mon Denson, who was entering the season fourth on the depth chart. He comes out there at some crucial moments in the second half when the Gamecocks faced third and short, which has just been literally... Uh, a house of horrors for them this season. If they've been third and short and fourth and short, it just hasn't happened quite simply for them this year. And he ran straight into the line and just bowled Vandy defenders forward to pick up some, some really crucial first downs when the game was on the line. So those two guys really showing Gamecock fans some things that they've been wanting to see this year. Yeah, the Gamecocks have had real problems converting uh, short yardage situations into first downs this year. So you wrote in your column this week, Scott, how refreshing it is to see South Carolina picking up third and one, short yardage first downs. Mon Denson was the back that got it done this weekend. Absolutely. You know, I, I wrote, <laughs> you almost got the feeling he was jogging in from the sideline saying, hey, enough of this stuff. Let's just run forward and get these tough yards and that's uh, that's exactly what he did, and if South Carolina is going to continue to win this season, they're going to, as as they have all year, face many many times where they have a third and one, a third and two that they're going to need to find a way to pick up. The fact that they showed several times on Saturday that they could do that was a huge positive, and I think no matter how you felt about 
the overall picture in this game and how crazy things got towards the end, that was definitely a uh, a stepping stone for, for the games ahead. Gamecock place kicker Parker White gets a game ball this week as well. Scott, he made two field goals, but he also missed one, and that was the 10th missed field goal this year by Gamecock kickers. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an absolute theme park ride watching the kicking game this season. Parker White, <laughs> I, you may not have noticed this if you were at Williams-Brice Stadium. I was watching the game on TV on the SEC Network, and after he hit his first field goal, he turned to the sidelines and lifted up his hands and shrugged, basically as though to say, hey, who knows what's going to happen when I try to put this thing up right. It was one of the funniest things I can remember seeing watching the college football game in a while. And uh, But, yeah, missed, a, missed one later in the game. I think it was a 47-yarder, so certainly not a chip shot. But nonetheless, South Carolina, I think pretty much we just need to get used to the fact that when the Gamecocks line up to kick a field goal, literally anything may happen. Scott, you give a game ball to an uh, an, uh, an elderly Gamecock fan, who, and I saw this <laughs> shot on TV, and it really made my heart swell with pride. This Gamecock fan, this old fellow standing up, he's the only guy in his section standing, and he's turning to the left and the right, and he's encouraging people to stand up and yell. He gets a game ball this week. No doubt. I didn't know how many people saw that. I wanted to make sure I highlighted that because it, it just – it was probably like a five-second um, glimpse that we got of that on the on the TV cameras. But <laughs> I don't know how old this individual is and if he's listening and is only in his uh, early 50s or something. My apologies. But seemed to be an older gentleman uh, who was extremely uh, disappointed by the effort given by the fans in his section. And that's something Gamecock fans have talked about kind of ad nauseum over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, which was that, you know, one thing I've heard a lot of was these, there are so many older Gamecock fans who have longtime season ticket holders who don't like to stand up, who don't like to cheer, and those are the, the folks who are keeping us from having a really rabid atmosphere at Williams-Brice Stadium, and this shot showed the exact opposite happening. It was a uh, an older gentleman who was encouraging the rest of the people in his section to stand up and was doing so very, very vehemently. And you love to see that kind of stuff as a fan. SEC Network analyst Andre Ware gets a game ball this week as well. Scott, I think he's becoming a very popular figure among Gamecock fans. And rightly so. Andre Ware is one of the rare analysts, as I've said several times on this podcast, who has the ability to... Tell it like it is without seeming condescending. I don't know where you learn that skill. I just know that very few announcers have it, and he does. And uh, the one thing he has done is repeatedly praise the play of Jake Bentley. He did so last year. Pretty much said the sky's the limit for Jake Bentley. He said he has all the tools. And that's not just a guy saying that. You can tell from his anal- uh, analysis during the game that he has gone to practice in the week leading up to the game, seeing what Jake Bentley's doing, talks to the coaches, and has just simply been very impressed with what he's seen. And that actually means something since Andre Ware actually won the Heisman Trophy when he was the quarterback at the University of Houston and then went on to a career as a quarterback in the NFL. So I tend to believe what a guy like that has to say and, you know, Jake Bentley's had a bit of an up-and-down 
sophomore campaign. I don't think there's any denying that. But we know the tools are there. We do see the flashes of brilliance. And I think what Andre Ware really likes to see is the leadership qualities that you see from Jake Bentley. And that's something that we may not appreciate until Jake Bentley's career is over here. Scott, one thing I like about your columns is that you're pretty even-handed. It's not all seen through garnet and black glasses. And Vanderbilt actually gets a couple of game balls this week. Kyle Shermer, the Vandy quarterback, gets one, as did uh, Vandy head coach Derek Mason's sleeveless, <laughs> ribbed. It was a vest jacket of some kind. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start with Kyle Shermer. You know, I, don't, I try not to give opposing – players game balls because there's no fun in that for me obviously as a Gamecock fan but you know I think there was a a little bit of a sense of doom and gloom from some Gamecock fans after this game that the defense had not performed as well as we've been seeing them perform the last few weeks and that that was going to bode ill for what South Carolina was going to be able to do for the rest of the season and one thing we forget as fans of a particular team is that at times the opponent is just simply playing very well. And I didn't think there was anything fluky about Kyle Shermer's performance the other day. He was just firing on all cylinders, and there really wasn't much South Carolina could do about it. Um, He's a guy who has shown signs of having some skills at uh, quarterback for Vandy, but you know, with Vandy, you're always probably going to face a deficit in terms of the athletes you have versus the athletes of the team that you're playing. But on this particular day, I thought he performed about as well as he possibly could in trying to lead his team to victory on the road. And quite honestly, I didn't really get into this in the column, but I thought Vandy's offensive coaching staff had a very good game plan for this game. They came into it trying to do everything that South Carolina would not expect them to do. It took South Carolina off guard early. Then late in the game when South Carolina's defense was very tired being on the field much of the second half, they kind of exposed them to some extent. And that's why it was such a white-knuckle ride to the finish there at the end and hoping that the Gamecock defense would hang on, which fortunately, 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 excuse me, they did. Uh, Vandy coach Derek Mason looking very stylish on the sidelines. He had a... Uh, almost skin-tight, black, ribbed, uh, sleeveless vest on. That uh, Just uh, a very good look for him. And so let's give credit where credit's due. From a fashion perspective, I thought the Commodore coaching staff outperformed South Carolina's coaching staff in this ballgame. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Scott Davis, our columnist to survive and advance of Scott's column that's up on Gamecock Central. We invite you to check it out, and we hope you've downloaded the Gamecock Central Radio app. We've got this free phone app that allows you to listen to our podcast on your cell phone or mobile device. You can get it on the App Store and on Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit Radio gamecockcentral.com the app is free our podcasts are free download the app today and be sure to take advantage of the gamecock central hotline we set up this phone number that allows you to call in and be a part of our podcast call 803-497-9058 it's 497-9058 leave us a voice message with a question about the gamecock football team or about an upcoming opponent and we'll play a recording of your voice on an upcoming game day edition of Gamecock Central Radio. And Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell will answer your question during the podcast. So get involved with the GCR podcast on the Gamecock Central Hotline, 803-497-9058.
Scott, six deflators this week, and first one goes to the officiating. Man, I don't think that's a surprise. <laughs> if you talk to uh, any fan who watched this game, whether it's a South Carolina fan or a Vanderbilt fan, I think they would have come away completely frustrated by the officiating that they saw on Saturday. And forget about the gigantic pile of penalties that just kept uh, accumulating throughout the game. The main argument was just the sheer inability. The uh, officials seemed to have to control the flow of the game. The uh, checking out of replays seemed to take an eternity. There was one point where nobody could figure out whether it was third down or fourth down, and they had to check the monitors to find out. And Somehow that took five minutes. I mean, I don't know how long you need to uh, look at the monitor and see that the uh, sign on the sideline said that it was third down. So it just it's hard to understand what happened there. But the second quarter, as a result, ended up seeming to last for hours. Even the announcers commented on it. And uh, beyond that, there just was no consistency in the way the game was called. Vandy was flagged for targeting early uh, a couple of times in the first half, drawing the ire of uh, Vandy coach Derek Mason. And then in the second half late, um, you know, Jake Bentley was, uh, while sliding out of bounds, um, hit directly in the helmet by a Vandy defender. So we had two different things going on there. One was that he was targeted with the helmet, and two, he was out of bounds. So either it was targeting or it was unsportsmanlike conduct or something. But somehow or another, that didn't get caught for a penalty. So we just had no idea, uh, fans of either school, where the officials were coming from in this game, and it made for an extremely frustrating watch. Scott, the deflated ball of the year, in my opinion, goes to dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to stop, Emerson. Uh, it is a plague, uh, not just in football, but uh, on society itself. You know, I mentioned that as far back as maybe late 2015, we were seeing some, some of the presidential candidates from both parties dabbing at, at some of their rallies as kind of a way to show all of us regular folks that they're just like us. And yeah, once I saw that, I knew the dabs days were numbered and that it, it was over for that as a trend. And sadly, after uh, Parker White, who had such a roller coaster day, I enjoyed his shrug celebration after a Mayfield goal, but did not enjoy him dabbing after he got to the sidelines, joined in dabbing by some fellow Gamecock teammates. So my advice to the Gamecocks is to swear that off forever, and that's also my advice to every other human being in the world. <laughs> All right, Scott. Uh, finally, Jim McElwain, the former head coach of the Florida Gators, Ousted uh, this week after that embarrassing loss to Georgia and the debacle last week with the supposed death threat allegations that he talked about but never really clarified. Uh, he gets deflated ball this week also. One of the strangest weeks I can ever remember seeing for an SEC coach between what we've seen happen at Florida as well as the Butch Jones saga at Tennessee. I mean, the SEC East is just a general firestorm of emotion right now. <laughs> Jim McElwain coming out at midweek, really kind of out of nowhere and uh, apropos of nothing, to tell the media that he and some members of his team have received death threats from Florida fans, and he just wanted to remind everybody how tough it is to be a head coach and 
in major college football. And that had just about everyone who heard it scratching their heads. And then he followed that up by uh, overseeing his team getting absolutely drilled at the world's largest cocktail party by Georgia to the tune of 42-7, to um, a game that Florida has really dominated for much of the last 25 years, to be honest. And they were smoked uh, by the Georgia Bulldogs. McIlwain follows that up with an extremely emotional press conference with a quavery voice where he at times appeared to be on the verge of breaking into tears. And I was watching with my dad, and my dad said he just looks like a broken man right now, and he really did. And of course, uh, not long after all of those things happened, we learned that Jim McElwain had been relieved of his duties as head coach of Florida with, uh, I think they've got five games left to go in the season or four games left to go in the season. So what a strange turn of events. McElwain winning the SEC East both years, his first two years as Florida's head coach, and then does not make it through his third season. So that just goes to show you, you never know what's going to happen for any head coach in the SEC. Yeah, very bizarre situation involving Jim McElwain. So he gets a deflated ball this week, and now the Gamecocks head to Athens to take on the undefeated Georgia Bulldogs. Scott, you close your column this week saying that 2017 for the Gamecocks is going better than expected. You don't know if you've enjoyed it, but you know you wouldn't <laughs> trade it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the seasons Florida and Tennessee, for example, that I just mentioned they're having, I'd certainly much rather be 6-2 and two with four games left to play and a couple of winnable games left on the schedule than either of those programs who look to be in total turmoil right now. And so maybe I haven't enjoyed these games that much. This coming weekend looks like a very grim prospect for the South Carolina Gamecocks in Athens, Georgia, a game that at this point, for reasons that escape me, I am planning to attend. And so we'll see what happens out there. But either way, this season's been a success for South Carolina, and I would much rather be us than some of our SEC East brethren right now. Good stuff this week, Scott. Survive in advance is Scott's column on GamecockCentral.com. Scott, we appreciate your work, and we thank you for joining us on the GCR podcast. Always a pleasure, Emerson. Talk to you next week. All right, the pleasure's ours. That's Scott Davis, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for being with us. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.